Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the kickoff brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and the inventor of the whoopee cushion, Brendan Tuma. As usual, let's catch up on all the latest happenings from yesterday, and then we are going to fly through some QB tiers. But first, if you like paying money, then please ignore what I'm about to say. But if you like saving money and you also like watching football, then you should probably listen because at TickPick, they don't charge service fees. All they do is guarantee the best prices on tickets to NFL games. What do I mean by guarantee? If you find better prices for tickets on another site, they're going to give you 110% of the total purchase price. And what do I mean by no service fees? You know what I mean. You go pay for a ticket at one of these ticket providers, and all of a sudden, you realize you're paying $20, $30, $40 more. Those are service fees. None at TickPick. That saves you a ton of money. Users have saved over $55 million. And what's better, TickPick has teamed up with Zip, which allows you to buy now but pay later for all your tickets. You can choose Zip at checkout and split your ticket purchase into four installments. Just download the TickPick app, use the code PROS for $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Again, that is code PROS for $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and select Zip at checkout. All right, let's start with some news and notes. Sony Michelle traded to the Rams. This is interesting. We've been waiting for a trade since the Cam Akers injury, and now finally we get one. So what does this mean for both the Rams and the Pats backfield? Let's start here with the Rams. Let's start with what it could mean for Daryl Henderson. It could mean that the Rams have concern with Henderson's thumb and they want to add depth. I mean, we like to talk about Xavier Jones and Jake Funk, but this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. They really don't, and they shouldn't want to rely on that sort of depth. So with Henderson mildly banged up, adding another veteran running back just kind of makes sense. So maybe that's all this is. And frankly, that's kind of what I thought when I saw the news this morning. But then Adam Schefter tweeted that Michelle was going to a place where he not only could be the lead back, but he probably would be the lead back. And so now we have a totally different story. So First of all, you can never doubt what Schefter says. Like Mike Tagliere, Schefter is the GOAT. If he says it, we cannot discount it. But I guess I I just cannot rank Michelle as the lead back in that offense. I mean, think about when Fournette signed with the Bucks after he was cut by the Jaguars. We all said, well, you know, maybe he can overtake Ronald Jones, but we certainly didn't expect that right out of the gate. He didn't know the playbook, everything like that. Maybe eventually, not right away. That's kind of what we have here. So I just don't think Sony Michelle is going to be able to walk in there and be the lead back. And I don't know the best way to explain this, but when I am ranking an ambiguous situation like this, one where we don't really know, I just go with what I think makes sense. And what I think makes sense lands at Daryl Henderson at 25 at running back and Michelle at 45. Henderson is good. I mean, Michelle isn't quite as bad as he's been made out. In fact, He was pretty decent last year, and he's not that bad at catching passes despite his reputation. But again, this regime drafted Henderson. They like Henderson. How are we trading for a guy who might have been a cut candidate and then suddenly going to give him the lead role? Now, I don't know if it's going to end up this way. I'm more than willing to move my rankings as more information comes out to light. But for now, I'm still willing to draft Henderson as a borderline RB2, more like an RB3 if I can get him. And Michelle is honestly just a bench piece for me. Next, all your quarterbacks have news. Teddy Bridgewater has been named the starter for the Broncos. 
It's irrelevant for the quarterbacks. I mean, you probably weren't drafting Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, as we said earlier this week. And I've had a lot of questions about the impact on the Denver wide receivers. Again, I'm not sure exactly why this is, as I said earlier this week, what I expected, what I think you should have expected since the second preseason game. Now, I vacillated back and forth between ranking Sutton higher versus Judy higher. That's largely just based on Sutton's health. I need to see him play in this third preseason game before I'm confident in taking him as a wide receiver three. Now, as a whole, Bridgewater is better for Jerry Judy. So we know all the air yards that Judy saw last year, but we also know that most of those targets were off targets. He had the second lowest rate of catchable targets in the league last year at 58%. Bridgewater may be more conservative, but that is okay with an elite route runner like Judy. Last year, he was one of the league leaders in catchable targets. Bridgewater had 80% of his targets as catchable. Again, Judy, 58%. That's a huge difference. Sutton probably has a slight downgrade just because Bridgewater is probably not going to push the ball quite as much. But I feel like people are just forgetting that Cortland Sutton is an absolutely elite wide receiver. In 2019, on a Broncos team that really did not pass a ton, 72 catches, 1,112 yards, 6 touchdown, 12th in yards per route run. It's just health. I'm currently ranking Sutton as if he, for the most part, is going to be healthy. Now, Bridgewater can support multiple wide receivers. Sutton's currently 34th. Judy is 31st in my rankings. I may flip-flop them if Sutton shows that he is healthy in this next preseason game. Trevor Lawrence has been named the starter. Oh my god, that is brand new information! This is not a surprise. You should have been ranking everyone that way. Lawrence is my QB 14 in redraft formats, as we will talk about shortly. Joe Burrow is going to play in the Bengals' final preseason game. This is a big one. Uh, You know, he had been struggling a little bit. Maybe he had started to look better. But nothing can substitute for game speed. So again, I'm going to talk about QBs soon, but this could make a big difference in how I feel about Burrow if he's able to get through this game and look pretty good. Dak Prescott participated in 11-on-11 work Wednesday. Very good. He remains on track for week one. There's no reason to get off that, and I haven't really moved Dak very much in my rankings. One spot, again, as we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Ron Rivera is optimistic that Curtis Samuel is going to practice next week. Still a lot of hurdles to overcome here, but for now, he remains my wide receiver 37. I'm buying the Washington offense. I think you should too. So as long as Samuel has a chance to play in week one, I'm not going to move off him just yet. Finally, Marvin Jones has an AC joint sprain. He's expected to go week one. Jones is my wide receiver 40 right now. I talked at the beginning of this podcast, not this episode, but when we started this podcast, Marvin Jones is one of the first guys I discussed and about why I am buying him for this year. He's going to be the safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence. Now, this injury sounds minor. I'm not moving him down. But if anything else comes out, I will start to slowly drop him down the ranks. Again, for right now, wide receiver 40. Before we get into my QB tiers, let us very briefly talk about Sleeper. I am going to be doing a charity mock draft with my good friend, Cooter Doodle. I'm not going to explain her real name because I got in trouble for that the first time. But I went on Sleeper. We're doing an on Sleeper. And it's just, man, every time you're on there, you're on their app. It's incredible. Putting aside all the cool things that you can do with the commissioner tools and the customizations and the support for the different types of league and the news and the scores, it's sleek. The design is awesome. Go check it out. Trust me, download Sleeper from the app or the Google Play Store right now. It's totally free. You are going to love it. I am a total convert. You will be too if you haven't tried it yet. All right. 
I last time said I was going to go quick and dirty with running back tiers, and apparently I talked for like 18 minutes, and people got kind of annoyed at it. I don't blame you. So for right now, I'm going to try to be a little quicker. So excuse the real quick and dirty with my tiers. Again, you'll hear my thoughts in more detail on the Fantasy Pros football podcast anytime you want them. You can also ping me in Discord at fantasypros.com slash chat. I do random AMAs. I'm always in there talking to the gang. So if you want further uh, information, just go right there. In the meantime, let's get started. My top tier is for Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. You can make the argument. I know Tags had Lamar Jackson as his number two QB. But really, you can move the three guys not named Patrick Mahomes anywhere you want. You don't need me to go into detail on any of it. Any one of them could really potentially finish as the QB1, but it's impossible to not rank Mahomes there. But that's the top tier. Those are the only four guys for me that are worth going after. If you're getting there, maybe to the end of the fourth, maybe to the fifth, that's when you can pull the trigger on those guys. Other than that, you're waiting for tier two, which for me is Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. So I have thoughts on a couple of these guys. Number one, Dak Prescott began this draft season as my number five quarterback, and I admit that I have moved him down one spot, more of a tiebreaker behind Aaron Rodgers, based on the fact that he has this shoulder injury. Again, I expect Dak to be fully healthy for week one, but right now he's not fully healthy. And if I'm drafting at this very moment, I'm just going to go with a little safer option. And for me, that's Rodgers. I have them projected very similarly. But right now, again, that's how I'm leaning. If Prescott shows that he's healthy and I have a draft the day before the season and he is fully good to go, I'm going to flip-flop them and I will take Prescott before Rodgers, but both should be going for me in the exact same range. Now, two guys in this tier who I'm almost certainly going to have zero shares of are Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. I don't mind Herbert, but I think we do have to acknowledge that there is a possibility of a sophomore slump. Remember, this is a change in offense, and it's not just a random change in offense, which is bad enough for a rookie QB going to his second year, but it's a more difficult offense. The offense they ran last year under Anthony Lynn was much easier for the young QBs. Right now, we've got Joe Lombardi. It's a little more complex. It's more timing routes and everything like that, plus passing volume, probably going to go down from what we saw last year. So there could be a rookie slump here. I know what you're thinking. After you saw him last year, how is that possible? Baker Mayfield had a very nice rookie season, also slumped in the second year. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, which is why I find myself not being able to pull the trigger on Herbert, even though I do rank him and project him as my QB7. And we've talked about Russell Wilson before on the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Look, if they're going to let Russell Wilson cook, I'd probably have him maybe sixth at this point. I just refuse to buy into that. And the reason being, I know Pete Carroll. You have seen him coach in this league for years. We know what's going to happen. This may be his intention. They're going to lose a game. The defense is going to be tired because they had a couple of three and outs. And he's going to go into the shell and run the ball as much as possible. That possibility is why I have Wilson eighth. He is sixth in consensus. It means I'm never going to end up with him. And I'm frankly very okay with that. My next tier is where I really like to strike. And it's really the last startable tier for me in a single quarterback league. Number nine, Jalen Hurts. 10 is Ryan Tannehill. 11 is Tom Brady. 12 is Matthew Stafford. And 13 is Joe Burrow. I've talked about Jalen Hurts a million times, but again, three full starts last year, 79.3 rushing yards per game. Now, I don't expect that again, but his rushing floor is so enormously high that it's just going to give him this floor that I feel like I need to take him at the top of this tier. Love Ryan Tannehill. He's fantastic. I get it. You want to rank him a couple spots higher. Totally fine with me. He's 10th. I'm happy to take him. 
Brady is great. He led the NFL with 89 pass attempts with 20-plus air yards. That's like 15% better than the next closest, who is Aaron Rodgers. Zero decline. He got more comfortable in the second half of the year. He's got tons of weapons. You can really have these guys interchangeable. Again, Hurts stays at the top for me because of the rushing ability. Zero problem as well with my QB12, Matthew Stafford. I think he is going to thrive in this offense. He's got great weapons. He's extremely talented. It's going to be fun to see what he can do. Burrow remains in this tier, but I have made it clear I'm not drafting Joe Burrow. I'm hoping I'm going to change my tune after this preseason game. But for me, I just cannot imagine that he hits the ground running after that injury. I think even if he's physically okay, he's going to be a little nervous. I'm not moving him down because there is a giant drop to my next tier. So I keep him in this tier, but I will move in on Brady or Stafford whenever I can to avoid drafting Joe Burrow. But for now, he's my 13th ranked quarterback. Next, I have a mini tier of Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Look, it's, there's not much that I could say about Trevor Lawrence. I think that you know if you watched him in college, you know that he is the absolute talent to be a star right now. I think the rushing touchdowns, which he's going to add, are probably going to be good. I don't think the Travis Etienne injury is really going to affect that. I don't really want him as my QB1 in a single quarterback league, but if, I, if it falls that way, I can live with it as I can with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Again, I think this is going to be a huge step forward this year. For Tua, not only does he have the better weapons when you're adding Will Fuller and Jaden Wallow, but he's got better mobility, I'm sure, the year after the injury, and he's probably got more confidence. The thing, Yates made a great point. He opens up with New England, okay? That's probably not going to be a great game. You look at his early season schedule in his first five games, in addition to New England, he gets the Bucks, he gets Buffalo, maybe not the toughest, but not the best. That's a tough opening schedule. If you draft him, you probably need to be willing to have a streamer, as Yates made the great point earlier this week in the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. But after that, he's got a lot of good games coming up. Atlanta, Jacksonville, Houston, the Jets, four of his next six. He's going to be able to thrive there. So if you do draft Tua, whether you're in a two-quarterback league or single-quarterback format as a streamer, just understand you're probably not going to get a ton out of him early on, but hold tight. Better matchups are coming. My fifth tier is a giant tier, and that's Matt Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and Trey Lance. You can make an argument really for any of these guys. Ryan leads the tier for me because I'm mildly optimistic on what this offense is going to look like. Specifically, more play action under Arthur Smith. I know it's obviously different personnel, but he ran play action more than 35% of the time, most in the league last year in Tennessee, and that is just good. That means when you run out of play action, more yards, more touchdowns per drop back. That's just how it works. So I do like Ryan here. No problem with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I expect him to do well in that offense. Derek Carr is underrated. Kirk Cousins is fine. No problems with him. Daniel Jones, I'm probably not taking regardless. And Trey Lance is a guy who, again, I expect him to take over within the first couple of games. So I like the upside of Trey Lance if you draft someone, let's say, other than Jalen Hurts, for example. That's not where I'm doubling up with somebody like Trey Lance. I'm taking more of a safer option for me, a Kirk Cousins or somebody like that, a safety blanket. Another mini tier after that is Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields. It's just the uncertainty with Fields as to what we are going to see there. I don't know exactly when he's going to start. can make an argument to rank him right behind Trey Lance, but for me, he's down a couple spots and a tier. And Baker Mayfield, the volume just is not going to be there. I like him as a real-life quarterback, but when you're in Cleveland and they run the ball 48% of the time, fourth most in the league, I don't expect that to change. I haven't done any other tiers after that. Everybody else is just in this big conglomerate. And it's Zach Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, who, again, I'm expecting to be the same starter, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, 
to Rod Taylor for now. That's where I am for now. There are rumors, by the way, that Mac Jones may be the starting QB. We'll have to see about that. You're not drafting any of these guys. They're all bench pieces, even in two quarterback formats. If there was one that I was kind of most interested in, actually Roethlisberger. I'm very excited with how he looked, as I talked about earlier this week. And I think that he is somebody who you can stash on your bench, even in single quarterback leagues if you're in a pinch, because I think he might be someone who has a giant probably last season in the NFL. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. And don't forget to check out the Sleeper app. Awesome design, everything you could want in a fantasy platform. It is worth it. Just again, the Google Play Store or the App Store. Check it out. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow morning.